the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on, bud? So today, Tyson, we're going to talk about the importance of using plain language, of not talking like a lawyer, of using everyday words in our copies. This whole topic started because you and I had a little mini debate this week over some of my content. And why don't you tell people the complaint you lodged against me about my emails that I send out and then we can go from there. Yeah. So I was reading your newsletter this week and I noticed that it looked a lot like a sales letter. It was very choppy. It was very, very salesy to me. It looked like I was reading a Ben Glass sales letter. Now, I'm not criticizing Ben Glass. He uses Dan Kennedy's methods of of writing a sales letter. But I instantly, the moment I saw it, I was turned off by it because it looked salesy to me. So I called you about it and let you know, hey, it looks like you're using a sales letter. And you explained why you do that. So do you want to explain why you actually did it the way you did it? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I do it that way because I'm always trying to figure out ways to keep you from reviewing my content, and I, I don't want you. Well, it works. I don't think anybody does, so it, it works perfectly. So, really, the thing is that you know, with my clientele in particular, as being an immigration attorney, English for most of my clients, or a lot of my clients, is their second language. So, I have to be really careful with how I write, and and that's sort of what we're going to talk about today. Is sort of ways to keep our language simple, but the other thing is that I think that with American attention span these days, that when I'm confronted with a big blocky paragraph, that it really makes it unappealing to me to read. And it makes me want to go read something else. I know that sounds lazy, but when I ask the other people in our office to write me a blog post or a Facebook post, they send it all to me and they'll send me like 300 words in two paragraphs. And that just drives me bonkers. So I think that you're a more sophisticated reader and that you're more familiar with sales copy. So that's sort of what your mind went to when you see the way that I break out my sentences. But I don't think that's really the case for most people. Yeah. And that was very nice of you to call me. What did you call me? What was it? Say one more time. What kind of reader am I? Last time I repeated something nice about you, you recorded it and made it your ringtone. <laughs> so I refuse to do that again. Well, that's a, a really good idea. I will say. I took a dig at you, and you actually do have a very good reader base that actually does listen to your newsletter or uh, read your newsletter, so I take it back. But 
you're right. Whenever you explain that to me, I, it made a lot more sense. And so uh, I think that's very smart. And I, I don't think anybody really likes to read chunks of anything. So I think that was smart. But I do want to get to our first one. We've got eight. So it's basically the eight ways of not sounding like a lawyer. And number one is sort of goes to what you're talking about. It's not using technical language. And I talk about this whenever I'm talking to people about jury selection and trying case and everything else. Don't use technical language like like board iron, right? So people will stand up, trial attorneys will stand up in court, and they'll start talking to a jury, and they'll start talking about it's board iron, board iron, board iron. They don't know what the hell that means. So you need to break it down. It's jury selection. Call it jury selection. So when you are talking to your clients and you're explaining things to them, don't say motions in limine. You know, say pretrial motions and explain what those are. Don't use these the Latin phrases. Use things that make sense to your clients because otherwise they're not going to have any clue what you're talking about. And if you start using technical language, they're just going to turn you off and they're going to tune you out. And so you need to speak to them, not over their heads. Yeah, I think that's really important. And for, for me, I was thinking about this the other day because sometimes I have to have a translator meet with me and potential new clients. And so there's that extra level of an intermediary, a third person trying to translate into another language. And some of the words just in immigration land to explain an immigration concept to someone, you really have to break it down into as plain English as you can. And I just try to translate that into my emails or my website to try to make that as digestible and as simple as possible. Because, you know, one thing I was thinking about, you know, I don't want to get into a big political debate or anything about Donald Trump, but I think everyone agrees that he talks at a very simple level. He doesn't use complex words. And I think that's what makes him a unique communicator. I don't know that we should all mimic him in his speech patterns, but I think that the way he talks resonates with a lot of people because they can understand what he says and he says it in a simple way that makes it digestible and understandable. You know what? You're right. He speaks to his base, right? And so that's what you have to do as a marketer, as an attorney. You need to speak to your base. And so you need to adopt some of those principles. Now, not the political principles, but definitely you could take a lesson from, from actually speaking to your base. Do you want to get into number two? One way that I like to get aware of the language that my clients use and to use their cadence and, to, and their rhythm is to sort of take notes in client meetings. I take notes on the case itself, but I usually have a separate set of notes for things that I hear or things that people say. I also do this in immigration interviews where I'll write down the questions that the interviewing officer asks, or I'll write down the kinds of answers that my clients get. A good example of this is that we did a survey. I, I think I mentioned this on the show before. We did a survey of our clients a while back, and I think we got about 75 or 65 responses, and not one person used the word attorney. Everyone used the word lawyer. So since that time, I've on my videos and everything else, and even on my business cards, it doesn't say immigration attorney or attorney of law. It says immigration lawyer. And I think that really, if you're in client meetings and you're taking notes and you're paying real close attention to the language they use, then you're going to identify their pain points. You're going to identify what keeps them up at night. And you're also going to understand in a better way the words that they use to express their frustration in the ways that led them to seek an attorney in the first place. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Something I do, it's a little different than what you do, is I actually have a stack of index cards on my desk. And every time I get an interesting question, I will write it on an index card. And what I'll do with that index card is I'll either do a video on it or I'll write a blog post on it. And so that's a really easy way of keeping track 
of the questions that you get because then you have one card so I can just take that one card in front of the video camera, read it, or like sort of think about what I'm going to do and then uh, record the video. I also use some of those with my Monday Q&A where I'll, I'll take a stack of those and I'll take, you know, three of them and I'll go and answer three of the questions for the Monday Q&A. It's an easy way of creating content too. And you're speaking to your clients because those are the questions that your clients literally have because they're asking you those questions. So I think that's a, taking notes is a great way of doing it. So for number three, I say that you need to think about it from their point of view. So we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but you need to put yourself in your client's shoes and think about how they view things. And once you start thinking about it from their point of view, you can then speak to them directly and you can actually talk to them in their terms. You can understand their language. You can understand, you know, what their concerns are, what they're worried about, what their expectations are. So if you can think about it from their point of view, you can better speak to them. I agree. And and that goes to my next tip number four, which is to read over the chat and emails that you get. So a lot of our members have some version of chat on their website. Speaking of Google, my business is starting to roll out a chat feature. I don't know if you saw that, but, and also in the emails that people send us is that you can really sort of mimic their words, mimic their language and their sentence structure in a way that sort of makes it so that you're talking back to people in the way that they are used to talking, being talked to. So I think that really helps. Yeah. And then that leads us to number five, which this actually comes from, I did, uh, John Fisher did a webinar about three weeks ago, and he asked for someone to come on and have their website critique, which you were originally supposed to be on it, but you had, you had a conflict. So I luckily got to, to go on there, and I got some really good advice. And one of those things was from Mitch Jackson. And he was talking about putting more personal photos on your website. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. So that's something that Chris and I have done. I went through our Facebook page and I pulled some photos off our Facebook page. And on our lawyer bios underneath them are pictures of us and our families. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. He also said, take a camera with you and carry it around with you. And we all have cameras with us. We have our phones, right? So as you're going around, have people take photographs of you or take photographs of other things, courthouses, courtrooms. Use your own photos on your own website. Use more personal photos. You'll be able to relate to clients a lot better than if you have photographs of you on the website that are taken by the people. They're not, you know, professionally cut and done. You're going to be able to relate to your clients a lot more, and they're going to they're going to feel like they know you a little bit better when they get these more personal photographs of you. I think that a theme is emerging in what we've been talking about so far today with these tips on how to talk to our clients in the language they're used to, and the theme seems to me to be, tell me what you think, that, you know, we really want to get away from ourselves as the lawyer. The lawyer has their role, and the lawyer's role is to get the benefit or the the, the service provided. But when it comes to marketing and conveying who we are, that it's a lot more about being personable and accessible and, you know, that we're to show that we're regular human beings and to, you know, make our marketing, you know, in a way that people relate to us and not that we're some standoffish attorney. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's really what marketing is, right? Like, and we've talked about this before, but it's it, this is that's what marketing is. It's understanding it from your client's perspective, always. That's what marketing is. That's marketing one-on-one. You want to sure. get into number six? Yeah. So one of the great things that comes with working in a place with other people, especially people who aren't lawyers, 
you know, when you have support staff or other people is that you can bounce things off of them or run things past them. So sometimes if I'm struggling with a little bit of content, I'll ask some people in the office to read it over. I have a new book coming out. I'm going to have two different people in the office, one a lawyer and one not a lawyer, read it over to make sure that they understand the concepts and that, you know, we get sort of on this upper level thinking and upper level writing when we're doing briefs or whatever. And I think that when it comes to copy, that it's really helpful to run it past everyday people who can sort of read it and see if they understand it. Now that I have teenagers, I imagine that pretty soon I'm going to start having them read over things because most Americans read at about a teenage level anyway. So I think that would be another benefit for me. Just to have a sounding board, you can find the gaps in what you're writing. And I think it's, it's something that people will key into. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. Just be, And I think a lot of people are afraid to let other people read their stuff before they put it out there. But I think it's very important that you do that. And it's, it's, it can be time consuming. But if you just add in your system, you just create another level of someone proofreading. I think just that will will add a lot of value to it. Number seven actually comes from something Lee Rosen had written an article about, may have been actually a few months now, but he talks about creating a lawyer bio that speaks a little different than, or reads a little different than what, or a lot different than what most attorneys do. Most attorneys will put up essentially their resume in written form where it's just, you know, paragraph after paragraph of their resume. And at the bottom of that, they'll put an actual resume and it's really freaking boring and no one cares about it. No one reads it. And so instead, something that, uh, you know, Chris and I have done on our website is we talk about basically the journey, our journey of becoming an attorney and why we became attorneys. What I really did is I wrote out when I speak, when I speak to students and I speak to people, I actually talk about the process, the two moments that really led to me be, uh, becoming an attorney and, or in your language, lawyer, using a lawyer or becoming a lawyer. And I talked about that in that blog post or in that bio. And so I think that that is a way different way of doing it. And I think I'll be able to connect the clients a lot better with that type of bio. And Lee Rosen talks about that. So if you want to learn how to write your own bio a little different than most and look up Lee Rosen's blog post on it. I don't know the name of her. I don't have it in front of me, but if you just look up Lee Rosen and how to write a lawyer bio, you'll be able to find it pretty easily. So the universe is definitely talking to me. I was listening to Mitch Jackson's podcast yesterday and the guest that he had on there for this week's show was talking about the exact same thing as far as our bios and that we don't spend enough time on our bios and that you're, like you said, most of the attorneys have a cookie cutter bio. And so it's funny now that I think about my bio on my website, it's two huge paragraphs of a bunch of text. So I probably need to break that down. But I think that you know, bringing in more personality to it, making us more relatable, making it easier to read. I think that, and also making it interesting, you know, I mean, if we can stand out and be different by showing that our bio is not like everybody else, I think that sort of sets the tone for us doing things a little bit differently and for people understanding that we're not your everyday lawyer. Yeah. So, I mean, now you have an assignment that you can go back today and actually go back and redo your bio. Something that I was actually just thinking about when you were talking is, Mine, I, even though it is the actual content is way different, they're big blocks of text. And so probably what I need to do is go back and add headings, sort of like a sales letter, sort of like your sales letter, maybe add some headings to it that lead them down that path. I think that would help quite a bit whenever they're reading through our bios. Something that we have recorded but I have, have not put on our website yet is we're adding a video introduction at the top. So at the very top, if someone doesn't want to read the text below it, it's going to be a video from me and Chris 
talking about, you know, why we became lawyers. And so that's something a little different. So sometimes clients don't want to read all that crap. They just want to hear from you. And so we are adding those videos to the top. And, you know, we do video for everything now. So that's it's it's no big deal to do that. But you can shoot a video from your cell phone and easily put that on your website, especially if you have a WordPress site. So it's something easy to do. It's a little different. On those lines, I just heard that Facebook business pages are now going to be able to put a video right at the top of the page that sort of as a pin post. And it, it looks sort of a nice and framed in your Facebook business page. So you can actually, you can pick which uh, videos you want at the top. You can pick one particular video and just make it sort of like a Facebook business landing page that has a video on it. Oh, that's great. I think it's a great idea. All right. Do you want to get into our eighth way of not sounding like a lawyer, Jimmy? Yeah. One thing that's also helpful when everything's done besides reading it over or having someone else read it is just to read it out loud. I tell this to my son all the time when he's writing his papers for school, but I've started applying it for myself and that is to... When the copy is done, you're right, it does take a little bit of extra time, but I think that the effort is worth it to just read it out loud. You find things that sound clunky or, you know, I'm always trying to write like I talk and to make my writing conversational. And so I think that taking that last step to read it over out loud is another thing that you can do to really clean up your copy. That's a very basic thing, but I think it's so important. And it's something I didn't learn until later about, I wish I would have learned it a long time ago about reading what you write out loud because you catch so many errors in your writing and i think it's so so important because as someone is reading your whatever you write they're going to be reading in a way where they're expecting you to it's sort of like they're they're sounding it out in their head Uh, i know that sounds kind of odd but that's what they're doing and so that's why it's so important to actually speak it out loud to make sure it makes sense because you want it to sound good to them as they're reading it and you'll catch all those errors if you actually say it out loud that's 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 really good Jimmy, I'm going to wrap it up. Before I get to our tips and our hacks of the week, I do want to remind everybody to, if you like our podcast, it's free. We don't do advertising. If you would like us on Facebook, if you'll like us on Twitter, we have a Twitter and an Instagram account now. Follow us there. Then also, if you will give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, that will actually help us quite a bit in, in increasing our rankings. We're definitely getting the word out there. I'm pretty humbling to see what our numbers have been lately. It's pretty incredible and, and our base is growing and more and more people are joining the Facebook group. Uh, it's really awesome. So get involved on the Facebook group. But Jimmy, do you want to give your hack of the week? Yeah, I think you're going to like this one a lot, Tyson. So, you know, we all know about Google autofill, you know, how when you're typing in on a, on a search, it sometimes fills it in. Well, there's a website out there that I've come across. It's called answerthepublic.com. And answerthepublic.com allows you to put in search terms or things that you think your clients might be searching about. And then it collates and organizes all the questions that people ask in Bing and in Google related to that. So for instance, you could type in car accident insurance and you could see all the questions that go go into Google or into Bing that when people are looking for that. And then that gives you the content that you need or the titles of the content that you need, the things you need to talk about or shoot videos about. That's a really good idea. We've got to make sure we put a link on that. Could you put a link on the Facebook page with that? I sure will. So that's, that's something where uh, I think that's really important. That's really cool. My tip of the week is something you actually introduced to me yesterday that I needed right away, and it was Render Forest. Render Forest is incredible. It is a free or paid service. I use the free one, free version, 
they put a watermark on your video if you do the free version. But honestly, you could barely see the the watermark. It's it's really not that bad, and it's something where it allows you to do these illustrated videos. And it's really cool. So they have all of the artwork there. All you do is you put in your text. They give you the the audio, so you can do video. You can do a voiceover with it if you want to do a voiceover. It is super easy. I put together. It was about a three-minute video, and it took me right around an hour to do with all the editing and everything, but it was super simple. It was one of the easiest things I've seen, and I thought it was going to be really complicated, but if you want to create an animated, illustrated video, I highly recommend you use Render Forest, and the web, website's just renderforest.com, R-E-N-D-E-R, forest, F-O-R-E-S-T.com. It is super simple to use. Sounds awesome, bud. All right, man, you got anything else? No, everyone, I hope they have a great week, and we'll see you next week. So by the time everyone heard this, hopefully they had a great eclipse day, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Tyson. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week, and catch you next time.